Section 9 of Why Do We Need a Public Library? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in April 2017. Why Do We Need a Public Library? By Various. Section 9 The Reformed Library Keeper or Two Copies of Letters Concerning the Place and Office of a Library Keeper by John Dury The First Letter The library keeper's place and office in most countries, as most other places and offices both in churches and universities, are looked upon as places of profit and gain, and so accordingly sought after and valued in that regard, and not in regard of the service which is to be done by them unto the commonwealth of Israel for the advancement of piety and learning. For the most part, men look after the maintenance and livelihood settled upon their places more than upon the end and usefulness of their employments. They seek themselves and not the public therein, and so they subordinate all the advantages of their places to purchase mainly two things thereby, that is, an easy subsistence, and some credit in comparison of others. Nor is the last much regarded if the first may be had, except it be in cases of strife and debate, wherein men are overheated, for then, indeed, some will stand upon the point of honour to the hazard of their temporal profits. But to speak in particular of library-keepers, in most universities that I know, nay, indeed in all, their places are but mercenary, and their employment of little or no use further than to look to the books committed to their custody that they may not be lost, or embezzled by those that use them, and this is all. I have been informed that in Oxford, where the most famous library now extent among Protestant Christians is kept, the settled maintenance of the library-keeper is not above fifty or sixty pound per annum, but that it is accidentally, vis and modis, sometimes worth a hundred pound. What the accidents are, and the ways by which they come, I have not been curious to search after, but I have thought that if the proper employments of library-keepers were taken into consideration as they are, or may be made useful to the advancement of learning, and were ordered and maintained proportionally to the ends which ought to be intended thereby, they would be of exceeding great use to all sorts of scholars, and have an universal influence upon all the parts of learning, to produce and propagate the same unto perfection. For if library-keepers did understand themselves in the nature of their work, and would make themselves, as they ought to be, useful in their places in a public way, they ought to become agents for the advancement of universal learning, and to this effect I could wish that their places might not be made, as everywhere they are, mercenary, but rather honorary, and that with the competent allowance of two hundred pounds a year, some employments should be put upon them further than a bare keeping of the books. It is true that a fair library is not only an ornament and credit to the place where it is, but a useful commodity by itself to the public, yet in effect it is no more than a dead body as now it is constituted in comparison of what it might be, 
if it were animated with a public spirit to keep and use it, and ordered as it might be for public service. For if such an allowance were settled upon the employment as might maintain a man of parts and generous thoughts, then a condition might be annexed to the bestowing of the place, that none should be called thereunto but such as had approved themselves zealous and profitable in some public ways of learning to advance the same, or that should be bound to certain tasks to be prosecuted towards that end, whereof a list might be made, and the way to try their abilities in prosecuting the same should be described, least in after times, unprofitable men creep into the place, to frustrate the public of the benefit intended by the donors towards posterity. The proper charge, then, of the honorary library-keeper in a university should be thought upon, and the end of that employment, in my conception, is to keep the public stock of learning, which is in books and manuscripts to increase it, and to propose it to others in the way which may be most useful unto all. His work then is to be a factor and trader for helps of learning, and a treasurer to keep them, and a dispenser to apply them to use, or to see them well used, or at least not abused. And to do all this, first a catalogue of the treasury committed unto his charge is to be made, that is, all the books and manuscripts, according to the titles whereunto they belong, are to be ranked in an order most easy and obvious to be found, which I think is that of sciences and languages. When first all the books are divided into their subjectam materiam, whereof they treat, and then every kind of matter is subdivided into their several languages. And as the catalogue should be so made, that it may always be augmented as the stock doth increase, so the place in the library must be left open for the increase of the number of books in their proper seats, and in the printed catalogue, a reference is to be made to the place where the books are to be found in their shelves or repositories. When the stock is thus known and fitted to be exposed to the view of the learned world, then the way of trading with it, both at home and abroad, is to be laid to heart both for the increase of the stock and for the improvement of it to use. For the increase of the stock both at home and abroad, correspondency should be held with those that are eminent in every science, to trade with them for their profit, that what they want, and we have, they may receive upon condition that what they have, and we want, they should impart in that faculty where their eminency does lie. As for such as are at home eminent in any kind, because they may come by native right to have use of the library treasure, they are to be treated withal in another way, that is, that the things which are gained from abroad, which as yet are not made common, and put to public use, should be promised and imparted to them for the increase of their private stock of knowledge, to the end, that what they have peculiar may also be given in for a requital, so that the particularies of gifts at home and abroad are to meet as in a centre in the hand of the library-keeper, and he is to trade with the one by the other, to cause them to multiply the public stock, whereof he is a treasurer and factor. Thus he should trade with those that are at home and abroad out of the university, and with those that are within the university, 
he should have acquaintance to know all that are of any parts and how their vein of learning doth lie to supply helps unto them in their faculties from without and from within the nation to put them upon the keeping of correspondency with men of their own strain for the beating out of matters not yet elaborated in sciences so that they may be as his assistants and subordinate factors in his trade and in their own for gaining of knowledge now because in all public agencies it is fit that some inspection should be had over those that are entrusted therewith therefore in this factory and trade for the increase of learning some tie should be upon those library keepers to oblige them to carefulness i would then upon this account have an order made that once in the year the library keeper should be bound to give an account of his trading and of his profit in his trade as in all humane trades factors ought and used to do to their principles at least once a year and to this effect i would have it ordered that the chief doctors of each faculty of the university should meet at a convenient time in a week of the year to receive the accounts of his trading that he may show them wherein the stock of learning hath been increased for that year's space and then he is to produce the particulars which he had gained from abroad and lay them before them all that every one in his own faculty may declare in the presence of others that which he thinketh fit to be added to the public stock and made common by the catalogue of additionals which every year within the universities is to be published in writing within the library itself and every three years or sooner as the number of additionals may be great or later if it be small to be put in print and made common to those that are abroad and at this giving up of the accounts as the doctors are to declare what they think worthy to be added to the common stock of learning each in their faculty so i would have them see what the charges and pains are whereat the library keeper hath been that for his encouragement the extraordinary expenses in correspondencies and transcriptions for the public good may be allowed him out of some revenues which should be set apart to that effect and deposed of according to their joint content and judgment in that matter here then he should be bound to show them the lists of his correspondents the letters from them in answer to his and the reckoning of his extraordinary expense should be allowed him in that which he is indebted or hath freely laid out to procure rarities into the stock of learning and because i understand that all the book printers or stationers of the commonwealth are bound of every book which is printed to send a copy into the university library and it is impossible for one man to read all the books in all faculties to judge of them what worth there is in them nor hath every one ability to judge of all the kind of sciences what every author doth handle and how sufficiently therefore i would have at this time of giving accounts the library keeper also bound to produce the catalogue of all the books sent unto the university's library by the stationers that printed them to the end that every one of the doctors in their own faculties should declare whether or no they should be added and where they should be placed in the catalogue of additionals for i do not think that all books and treaties which in this age are printed in all kinds should be inserted into the catalogue and added to the stock of the library discretion must be used and confusion avoided and a course taken to distinguish that which is profitable 
from that which is useless, and according to the verdict of that society, the usefulness of books for the public is to be determined, yet because there is seldom any books wherein there is not something useful, and books freely given are not to be cast away, but may be kept, therefore I would have a peculiar place appointed for such books as shall be laid aside to keep them in, and a catalogue of their titles made alphabetically in reference to the author's name, with a note of distinction to show the signs to which they are to be referred. These thoughts come thus suddenly into my head, which in due time may be more fully described, if need be, chiefly if, upon the ground of this account, some competency should be found out and allowed to maintain such charges as will be requisite towards the advancement of the public good of learning after this manner. THE SECOND LETTER Sir, in my last I gave you some incident thoughts concerning the improvement of an honorary library-keeper's place, to show the true end and use thereof, and how the keepers thereof should be regulated in the trade which he is to drive for the advancement of learning, and encouraged by a competent maintenance, and supported in extraordinary expenses for the same. Now I wish that some men of public spirits and lovers of learning might be made acquainted with the action, upon such grounds as were then briefly suggested, who knows but that in time something might be offered to the trustees of the nation, with better conceptions than these I have suggested. For, if it be considered that amongst many eminencies of this nation, the library of Oxford is one of the most considerable for the advancement of learning, if rightly improved and traded withal for the good of scholars at home and abroad, if this, I say, be rightly considered and represented to the public reformers of this age, that by this means this nation, as in other things, so especially for piety and learning, and by the advancement of both, may now be made more glorious than any other in the world. No doubt, such as in the Parliament know the worth of learning, will not be averse from further overtures, which may be made towards this purpose. What a great stir hath been heretofore about the eminency of the library of Heidelberg, but what use was made of it? It was engrossed into the hands of a few, till it became a prey unto the enemies of the truth. If the library-keeper had been a man that would have traded with it for the increase of true learning, it might have been preserved unto this day in all the rarities thereof, not so much by the shuttings up of the multitude of books, and the rareness thereof for antiquity, as by the understandings of men and their proficiency to improve and dilate knowledge upon the grounds which he might have suggested unto others of parts. And so the library rarities would not only have been preserved in the spirits of man, but have fructified abundantly therein unto this day, whereas they are now lost, because they were but a talent digged in the ground. And as they that had the keeping of that library made it an idol to be respected and worshipped for a rarity by an implicit faith, without any benefit to those who did esteem of it afar off, so it was just with God that it should fall into the hands of those that in all things follow an idolatrous way, to blind men which shows without all reality of substantial virtue, which is one the eminent in this, that it becometh profitable unto all, by dilating the light of knowledge, and the love of grace and goodness in the hearts of all men, 
that are fit to receive the one and the other. And where this aim is not in those that are entrusted with public places, there they in the end will be found unprofitable servants, for the trust which God hath put into their hands to profit withal, they discharge not for the account which every one is to give unto him of his stewardship. It is not how careful he hath kept things of use unto himself, to pride himself in the possession of that which others have not, as the custom of men is that know not what true glory is, but how faithfully and diligently he hath distributed the same to such as were worthy thereof for their good, that they might be stirred up both to glorify God for his goodness, and to imitate him in the communication of all good things unto others for his sake freely. This was Christ's work on earth to receive us, unto the glory of God. This was that which he taught by his practice, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is that which this envious world cannot relish, and what stops the current of true love in the hearts of men? Nothing so much as the self-seeking of men in the ways of learning, by which they covetously obstruct the fountains of life and comfort, which might overflow and water abundantly the barren and thirsty souls of those that perish for want of address unto wisdom, which in all the ways of humane and divine learning might be mainly advanced by the industry of one man in such a place, whose trade should be such as I formerly described, to deal with the spirits of all men of parts, to set them a-working, one by and toward another, upon the subjects with he should be entrusted withal to keep in the stock of learning. It is the glory and riches of nations and of great cities to make themselves the centre of trade for all their neighbours, and if they can find ways of policy to oblige their neighbours to receive from their magazines the commodities whereof they stand in need. It is every way a great benefit unto the state, so it may be in matters of learning, and by the trade of sciences this church may oblige all the neighbour churches, and that university all foreigners that trade in knowledge to receive precious commodities, whereof they stand in need, from our magazines and storehouses. If a painful steward and dispenser thereof be employed and maintained to use industry for so blessed a work, from whence much glory to God in the gospel, and honour will redound to the nation. For although the ways of humane learning are almost infinite and wonderfully various, and have their peculiar uses in the outward life of man, for which most men affect them, yet in one that is to mind the universal good of all, the whole variety and diversity of matters useful unto this present life, as they come within the sphere of learning, must be reduced, and may be subordinate unto the advancement of the gospel of Christ, wherein the glory of the nation, at this and all times, should be thought to stand. And truly, that is the thing which takes most with me, for which I would have that library thus improved by a faithful keeper, that when his trade is set on foot, with all those that are of eminent parts in their several faculties, we knowing who they are and wherein their eminences do lie, may have opportunities to provoke them to the right use thereof, by giving them objects from our store, and furnishing them with tasks and matters to be elaborated, which cannot be diverted from the scope of God's glory to be made known unto all men in Jesus Christ, 
for there is nothing of knowledge in the mind of man which may not be conveniently referred to the virtues of god in christ whereby the human nature is to be exalted to that dignity whereunto he hath received it that it should by him rule over the whole creation and the want of this aim to look upon things in order to him and to set them a-working without relation to him is that which blasts all our endeavours, and makes them determine in confusion and disorder. For whatsoever is not directed in its own place with some reference unto him must be overthrown, nor is there any way left for any to prosper in that which he undertaketh, but to learn to know him and respect him in it, for the advancement of the kingdom over the souls of men, which by the sanctified use of all knowledge is chiefly effected if then the trade of learning is to be set afoot in a public way and regulated to deserve the countenance of a religious state this aim and the way of prosecuting of it must be intended and beaten out for except sciences be reformed in order to this scope the increase of knowledge will increase nothing but strife pride and confusion from whence our sorrows will be multiplied and propagated unto posterity but if he who is to be entrusted with the managing of this trade be addressed in the way which leadeth unto this aim without partiality his negotiation will be a blessing unto this age and to posterity i have no time to enlarge upon this subject or to conceive a formal and regular discourse but the thoughts which thus fall into my mind i impart unto you that you may give them as hints unto others who of themselves will be able to enlarge them either to the house or to such as can in due time sway the counsels of leading men in this commonwealth end of section nine